Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can we reveal to the audience that Matt and I are going to be watching Moses in very... Watching him? I asked you guys to film him all day. <laughs> yeah, we're going to watch him through a lens. <laughs> Every time I hear that gosh darn introduction music, I want to dance. I want to get sweaty. I want to go to a club and look at a stranger as we walk to the bathroom and think, ooh, that could be hot. And then, of course, never talk to them because why would you? Ugh, you guys, welcome back to That's a Gay Us podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams, and I am so excited for this week's episode. It is with Esther... Steinberg, who is not only an incredible stand-up comedian, an incredible mom, she's also one of my closest friends of many, many years. We met on the first day of college and have really remained inseparable ever since. We have done a lot of projects together. I'm talking a sketch comedy through esoteric comedy. We toured our one-woman show around the country right before the pandemic. We have a short film coming out next month, and Esther Steinberg has her own podcast called Stand Up Mom, where she interviews other stand-up comedians who are moms. It is so fresh and hilarious and real. So you definitely want to listen to that podcast. She also has her own hour-long comedy special that just premiered. It's called Esther Steinberg Burning Bush. And if that title doesn't get you into it, I don't know what will. You can watch it on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube, wherever you get your specials. Also, her album of Burning Bush is available on iTunes and Spotify, YouTube Music, Amazon, all of that. So it'll definitely be in the show notes for this. You gotta watch it, rent it, own it, whatever you do. It's so good. She uh, filmed it at the Pasadena Rose Bowl in California like a month after she gave birth to her son. So, of course, we talk about it a bit in the episode, but I highly recommend you watch it. It is such a good comedy special. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review. And I cannot wait for you to hear my chat with my dear old friend. Um, I have two things to say to you. One, congratulations on finally having a podcast. Finally. (laughs) You're a gift to the internet, and I'm really not sure that they deserve you, but 
here we I are. Mean, so congratulations. And it's been a long, long time coming. Well, my favorite thing is coming. And I just really decided to build up the anticipation. Um, honestly, though, I'm so happy. A, I have a podcast, but B, that I get to like glean inspiration from you, Esther Steinberg Garden Swords, because your podcast, Stand Up Mom, if anyone here does not listen to it, it's so good. She interviews stand-up comedians that are our moms that are... This brings me to number two really quickly. Number two. Please. I'm sorry that I am not gay. Like, I honestly am sorry. Which now we can lead into what my podcast is about, which is, <laughs> to be honest, like, I believe like a breeder, like, go on and make fun. I mean, okay, I, I'm going to go in on people that are heterosexual. No, I, I actually think, like, I only have people on this podcast that are either a part of the LGBTQ community yes. or that are beloved by the LGBTQ community. And you, Esther, have hordes of gay men that I find that are, are truly in your in your base. And also, you're just like, you are a, such a true ally to me, my family. And I just, like, tr- like there, it, it would be one thing if I was like, yeah, my Republican neighbor wants to be on the podcast, but that that is not what you are well i am sorry that i'm not gay i'm sorry that i was born unfortunately attracted to men gay men but still (laughs) i mean what does that make me makes you if you're only attracted to gay man you're i'm a gay man trapped inside of a straight woman's body which works out yeah maybe that's why we're married to a bear (laughs) do you know what I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, including you or your husband, but Noah Garden Swartz, your, your husband is gorgeous. And <laughs> really? I, yeah. I, I, don't, I feel like I stare at him so much that I'm like, I've lost count. Well, of course. I think that's a normal, <laughs> I think that you've lost count of all of the things that make him a stun. I mean, I think that's <laughs> I real. Just, like, don't see him as a person. He's just like, oh, well, cause you see him. him like cleaning up your child's diarrhea. You see him like, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I think that's very relatable. But like, that's the thing. Also, like, Matt is so effing gorgeous. But like, sometimes I have to be like, oh my god, wait, he's not hot. just a piece of furniture. He's <laughs> like, oh, that 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 thing attached to the couch. <laughs> I mean, truly attached to the couch. What else are we doing <laughs> when we when we are out of this pandemic moment? I'm gonna be like, I'm so sorry. Where am I gonna get my 22 hours a day on the couch? Like, I feel like there's. <laughs> There's not enough time to fit it all in, which is like, oh no, I, I am not going to be able to see anyone. What about my time on the couch? I like, I'm. <laughs> well, luckily you've created a entire empire in the works that has to do with sitting in front of your green screen or whatever. <laughs> you should get another couch. I find that I'm most at home in front of my green screen. Um, <laughs> That's so relatable. I actually don't care about the green screen. I am very most at home in front of my circle light. <laughs> as she as she pans to light, pan to light, pan to circle. Um, you know what? Like when you do like when you no, do like you stop it. No, you stop. Sorry. She's now she's now conversing with the ring light. Um, you know, like when you do like an icebreaker in any sort of group event, it's like, where do you most feel at home? I think from now I'm, I'm gonna say in front of my green screen. <laughs> Are you going to singles events? No, but there's always there's there's here. No, I think you're doing too much on the internet, and therefore, <laughs> you're. I think the limit for me is being on Clubhouse. 
Oh my God, Esther, I have like, I have not been able to have an easy foray into Clubhouse. Matt actually is super into Clubhouse and he uses it in ways that feels actually like, because he uses it for his work. He'll like, he'll like go into like seminars to hear about the social media marketing that he does. But for me, it's just like, I'm an actor and I'm sad. I mean, I've learned a lot about myself and I learned that I don't like to listen. (laughs) I could be on Instagram all day. But like three minutes on Clubhouse and I'm like, I'm, I have a migraine. I have a migraine and these are like tech losers telling me how to live my life and like preaching. It's so uncomfortable. Well, here's the question though. Cause when, when, like even when podcasts came out, when Twitter came out, I was like, well, you have four characters to say, like, it's not going to last. And of course now Twitter is huge and podcasts are huge. No, but Twitter's on its way out the door. Oh, interesting. But do Twitter's you, but do you, done. it's all been trolled out. Go on. Well, it is many trolls in a dark place, but do you think Clubhouse, like I want to have it on a recording right now, is Clubhouse going to be just like a 2020, 2021 thing? Or do you think it's going to grow to be a monster social media platform that everyone will have at one point? I think that it'll take a very small little corner of social media for people who are genuinely wanting to be almost like in Zoom uh, workshops without the headache of inviting people to a Zoom workshop or a Zoom seminar. So it'll take like, I feel like it's an alternative to a seminar Mm, or a a keynote speaker. So right now, like people do love being a part of like a TEDx talk or a, you know, they get together and they do these. God, I don't know anything about the real world. Who does? But also speaking of not the real world, someone I talked to who's an actor said they had an audition for something on Clubhouse. It was like, it was an open call where they sat with all these people auditioned in front of everyone, just audio. And I don't know if, I don't know if that's going to say. Whatever. I can't. When I'm on it and I've done a couple, like I hosted a group of like moms after dark and I was like, this is not doing it for me. Yeah, I don't know if moms. I don't know if moms are choosing to be on Clubhouse. I mean, that's a genuine question. Moms, back to my podcast. Moms should listen to my podcast because that those are the gems. Oh yeah, and that's and that's why I think it's such a brilliant podcast is because it has such a. It's not only specific but also so universal. There are so many moms in the world and parents that can glean like not only humor but also taking stigma away from things that people don't talk about i mean i and i'm not just saying this because you are one of my best friends in the world but like so many people come talk to me about your podcast about like like listening to episodes with either their favorite comedians or people that just became moms or Or thinking about there's a lot of people that are thinking i think that when i was thinking about it and when i was about like when i was pregnant before i could tell anyone because there's a period of time where everyone's like don't talk to anyone Mm. You really need, I don't know why the fuck they do. Don't talk to, don't tell anyone because that's exactly when you need your friends to be like there for you. And certainly if you lose a child, God forbid that happens, it happens quite often. Don't you want your supportive friends to be there to like hold your hair? I think that there's so many stigmas around it that I'm hoping are going away. And I... I do think it's like, it's the more you talk about it, the more it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is all universal. And also like, who's, whose rules were that you can't talk about it? Like who, who decided that? Right now? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm so beyond that. I'm like, I like, there's a lot of people who want to do things and it's totally up to them. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what you do. If you can manage to keep a kid alive, then you're winning. 
oh period. That's my new opinion on motherhood. I'm like, oh, oh, you fed them and they were alive. Like the amount of work that just goes into bare minimum keeping a kid alive. I'm just like, holy crap, you're incredible. You yes. kept a kid alive. I have such a newfound respect for moms who are either new moms or are pregnant or are any or any new parents out there because watching you when you were pregnant and we were going around the country performing our show and you were like 12 months pregnant running around on stage. My sister-in-law, Becca, has our nephew, Henry, who is a magical being. And now Max was born a few months ago. He is incredible. And the fact he looks that, just like you, <laughs> I mean, it is, I mean, he's just like, it's so incredible. My sister-in-law, Megan is also pregnant and just seeing all these, these women who are having to, it's to your point of like, if, it, if the baby is alive, like that is amazing. It is so, it is so, it's unimaginable. <laughs> the what hot take. The hot take is the baby's live. You're a plus parent. It's just like what people's bodies go through who are pregnant. What new parents go through when the baby is is up every four seconds. What to even just like the emotional journey of having your body change and then having to not have any sleep and then have especially in a pandemic too if like you don't have the support around you. I I like I have so much respect for everyone right now who and anyone who's ever been a new parent because I look forward to the day that. I can we'll have children and I, I can't wait for that, but also I know I'm gonna be a fucking wreck. I mean wait, it's like, now let's talk let's start talking shit about how our mothers ruined our life. <laughs> like what I love about motherhood is that it's it's beautiful, it's amazing. Anyways, my mom ruined my life, and here's how. Oh, my mom was being so annoying the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just shift energy into like my fucking mom. You don't even know the kind of questions she's been asking me. It's like, bitch, back off, bitch, listen, fra- listen. boundaries, bitch. I talked to my mom the other, literally two days ago. She could not get off my ass. I was like, mom, stop fucking calling me. But but parents are just. I have to say, the journey of becoming a mother. Yeah, it's, it's it, amazing. The sacrifice. If if they're alive, they're amazing. My cunty mother. <laughs> You would not believe what the thing she sent me the other day. Talk about a talk about a menopausal nightmare. <laughs> that that bitch is dried up. I mean, listen, I do, I do sometimes think about how my parents had four children. Two of them were twins, and they were like, but also let's talk about so you and Noah have given birth to this beautiful baby boy that I am lucky enough to call my best friend and matt and i are going to be able to your uncle we're yeah we're he's he's our nephew we're going to be we're can we reveal to the audience that matt and i are going to be watching moses and very watching him i asked you guys to film him all day (laughs) yeah we're gonna watch him through a lens (laughs) (laughs) i cannot wait to see the kind of content you guys come up with yeah we're gonna watch him for okay. Content. First of all, diaper changes. You want to get it from a really good angle. Um, <laughs> Can I just say, like, when we were able, when we watched Moses on your birthday, and we we should have filmed us trying to put up a diaper on him because we, I think we ended up doing an okay job, but shit's not easy. Well, I, I someone witnessed me do it. Who has had two kids? My sister in law's husband's my brother in law. We're hanging out. He has these two kids that are like seven and nine. And I'm like, one second, let me change my son's diaper. And they saw me wrestling this alligator. There was like poop coming out of his butt, like a hockey puck, like shaped to his butthole. There was, it was disgusting. 
Then he wanted to flip. He wanted to kick his legs. He wanted to pull off his own diaper. He wanted to touch his penis. It was absolute chaos. And afterwards I was like, diaper changes, they're difficult, right? Remember to give it, he was like, that wasn't a diaper change. And I was like, what? He goes, you were wrestling an alligator. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I have an alligator son. I don't, I feel like he is a UFC fighter and that's what diaper changes are for me. He's trying to do a full body slam as you're just trying to take, I have to body slam my, my 10 month old. You need to get shackles down while you change his little diaper. I really would love to do that. But him, but he would like figure out how to get out of his shackles. And I'd be like, <laughs> fuck, he got out of his shackles again. Noah, can you Noah, help can me? can you get the new shackles? The shackles came out. He busted the shackles out of the wall. Well, go on Amazon and order some new shackles. <laughs> I, I know. We're trying to break him of the shackles right now. We're only doing it at night. <laughs> We're only doing shackles on Tuesday, but Do you know how many shackles we've gone through? (laughs) No, you need the natural ones. It's like an organic. They do like bird's bee shackles. You've got to try it. Yeah, do not do Amazon shackles will rust. (laughs) That is such a fucking parrot dumb thing. I want to clear the air. Okay. About the mushroom trip. (laughs) Because I did not my microphone. For the first time. I heard the story about the mushroom trip. Can I tell? Can I tell the lips. audience? The audience. Uh, oh, they know because you, you already. They've already listened to the Cat Cohen. If I know. You I just want to the make Cat sure. Cohen episode. Then of course you're going to listen to the Esther Steinberg episode. <laughs> That's what I want to make sure that if you've not listened to the Cat Cohen episode, you must this is must in see response. TV. But this is a story that I did tell about <laughs> a mushroom trip that Esther and I went on, and I did throw a little shade. Now Esther. No, that's fine. I owe you a huge apology. There is something I wanted to say. The time (laughs) of the mushroom was me being incredibly poor. Like you weren't even describing. First of all, you guys were like chit-chatting about the Hamptons. And I was like, okay. And then you went to like Joshua Tree. I feel like at the time of the story of the mushrooms, I was so poor. We I had like nickels to my name. And we were shacking up together in a studio apartment in like the rapiest part of LA. We, and like to give you the illustration, everyone, like we (laughs) truly had such, we had such little funds that we spent a few months in LA together in a studio apartment is like We ate cans of tuna. Cans of tuna from Trader Joe's. We lived in a place that we could, there was no parking because there was obviously It was equivalent to a motel. It was like the shadiest thing ever, but... The guy who rented it to us, his ad on Craigslist was like, I want to rent my stuff out to hopefully an artist, but someone who's not homophobic, not transphobic, someone who's open-minded. And I just loved it. And I was mm-hmm. like, I like this. I think that it was $1,000 a month, yeah, which is dirt cheap. Especially when you're when you're when you're between two people, and also we like there was only a bed and then the bathroom and that you know tiny kitchen, and so I was weird. I'm weird about sleep. I just have a thing about sleep. It's not you're about a- so I ended up getting an air mattress, and Great. for the majority of the time I slept in this uh, twin size air mattress. But then I don't know if you remember, like the last month we were there, I was like, "Fuck this fucking air mattress," and then we ended up sleeping in the bed together, and it was like totally great. That's the background of how poor we were, but we, the reason we were in that place doing that thing and pinching pennies was because we were creating a short film which you did mention so we ended up getting funds like 
for the short film and we raised money and all that. Mm-hmm. That's not so basically all of our money that we were getting or raising was everything was going towards a short film, blah, 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 short film. In a perfect world, I think I get these like chocolate mushrooms. We take a little bit of this chocolate mushroom. We go into our gorgeous hotel room at the Ace <laughs> Hotel. We have separate rooms. We change into our bathing suits, hang out, do mushrooms, look at Joshua Tree, go to an Airbnb, go hot tubbing, like live it up. That did not happen. I think I got ahead of myself wanting to do mushrooms in Joshua Tree as a poor person. So if you're a poor person, you drive to Joshua Tree, you do mushrooms and you drive back, which sounded like the only way that we are going to be able to like have a mushroom trip. So like now that I look back, I'm like, that was so irresponsible. That was so stupid. That's so cheap. Maybe there was a way for me to like gather 200 bucks and get a hotel room or not go at all. And that would be like my advice. But I think... I was just so poor and yet wanted to be so fabulous. And I and completely, so that's the truth. I completely stand behind that statement. And I, partly for the story's sake, really read you to filth on that. But like, it really was a story. I that- sounded like a psycho who was like, <laughs> let's stay out till 9 p.m. in a desert. And like, I got sick, you got sick. Like, I really <laughs> did feel horrible about it, especially since we were supposed to film. But like, overall, I had a great time because whatever. I try not to think about like the aftermath of like getting violently ill and getting like pneumonia (laughs) for a week. I I still can't explain why we got so sick. I don't really know what the the part of the mushroom trip did that, but I think it's all a part of a very epic story and just a part of our, our history that I think we can probably, you know, write into our future TV show. And I think why don't we do, but then I tried to redeem myself doing mushrooms. I brought like gorgeous mushrooms to your bachelor party. And then I asked every single person if they wanted to do mushrooms and every Every single person was like, absolutely not. Because they had just Abs- heard the story how I got sick for eight days. I think, honestly, I will And then be- I had the mushrooms and had the most gorgeous trip all alone. Well, can we set the stage for how that was? It was such a brilliant moment for Esther Steinberg because it was... This was my... like It was a month before... It was two weeks after Esther got married in Denver, Colorado. It was a month before I got married. and It was like three days before I went to Italy yeah, for my wedding. Honeymoon. honeymoon. So talk about money. My parents' friends have this house in clog in new york and we went there for a few days for my 30th birthday slash like we'll call it a bachelor party before you don't have to say clog you can say the hamptons and i won't correct you <laughs> i still don't understand what part of the hamptons that's in is it east, east hampton? hampton east hampton so we were no, in east hampton and um so it was just like you know smoking weed cooking being by the pool it was like truly magical and esther just come from her wedding and so you did offer mushrooms and i decided i was just like you know what just because i don't want to take any risk of what it would do to me i said no thank you but then esther ends up having an amazing like i just remember where i'm watching you sit by the pool and literally you're just like looking at the sun and, and so serene. And I remember being like, she is, this must feel amazing for her. And it did. But can you tell, can you tell everyone what ended up also happening during this trip? Like what was happening for you? Oh, I totally had a vision that I was going to like have a baby boy. And then I found out I was pregnant, but I had spotting. So I was like bleeding a little bit and I was like, okay, I got my period. So I called no one. I was like, I got my period. And then I was like waiting for the, old faithful like gush of blood which comes after like first i'll be like oh i'm on my period and then five seconds later like the whole bed is stained with blood it looks like people died and all my underwear is ruined and of the buckets of blood that i'm bringing to the bathroom via a diva cup 
my period. And then <laughs> not, none of those, bu- the buckets did not arrive. And so I called him and I'm like, I don't know if this is a period. And he's like, but you're bleeding. It's like, never mind. Just whatever. It's not it. And then I Googled it and it's like a little bit of blood means that the, the sperm implanted into the egg. And then it's like, whoa, I'm pregnant. And so then you go to Italy on your honeymoon, you find out you're newly pregnant. And then my back was hurting. And my mom was like, how's everything? And I was like, fine. There's so many stairs and the luggage. Like my back is killing me. She goes, are you pregnant? (laughs) And it's so early on in the pregnancy that I don't want to like lie or jinx or like, there's so much annoying, so much annoying superstition around being pregnant that I was like, I couldn't lie. So I was like, yeah, I am. So when you told her on the phone when you were in Italy? Thank you for letting me reveal to you that I'm pregnant by you being like, are you pregnant? I didn't know that's how it happened. So it was, it was, it was while you were She also outed my sister. She was going through like papers that were like printed out somehow. I don't know why. It was like probably like 2013 or 2014 or something like that. She's like digging through my sister's stuff and saw like girl looking for girl. And my mom was like, what? Are you a lesbian? <laughs> and then my sister was like, uh, uh, why did you go through my shit? I hate you. I mean, look, if if there's one thing I know is that... <laughs> no, we support. We love that you're lesbian. And then when they go to synagogue and they're like, do you have any lesbians? Oh, that's that's the thing that that's what's so magical about your your parents. I find is like that they like <laughs> Esther's mom saw our one woman show we put up at the Duplex in New York City. She sat in the front row, and as we're like shitting on our moms on this on this show, your mom was like <laughs> laughing and clapping her ass off, and I was like, that takes a good mom. That takes a good mom to really and like it, let it be known that we traveled that show to to Denver, to LA, to St. Louis. And when we did the show in St. Louis, it was my, my mom and her 50 of her closest friends. And I was just on stage. Like they're all listening to this podcast. All listening. It's like so many jokes, making fun of like the, our quintessential Jewish moms that we have. And I had to give my mom so many disclaimers and, and be like, listen, like these are jokes. These are jokes. And she, to my mom's credit did amazing. I think her friends did as well, but I everyone you know. was just so excited to be in the like VIP room afterwards. Like the JCC set up this like VIP meet and greet, which costs like a million dollars for a sponsored people. And like they just saw it as like another opportunity to be like, oh, you're also VIP. Oh yeah, we're going to the meet and greet. <laughs> like it was to them, like they were at a Justin Bieber concert, and like it was important to like rub shoulders with the celeb but instead of justin bieber and pregnant me yeah exactly it was me and your brother had his moment that's true and my brother got engaged that night it was like it was a crazy it was a crazy crazy time to be alive in st louis missouri these two strangers from new york come doing a gay ass show on this stage your mom's friends pretending it was funny (laughs) no not at all i mean honestly though Honestly, though, that the the show is a love letter to our moms, and again, I did, I did, yeah, I'm watching us like honor moms in the first five minutes, and then just shit on our moms. But it got better. I would say that the two person one woman show, which, by the way, my nephew was like, "Esther, you're a performer." I'm like, "Yeah." He was like, "I didn't know you sang," and I'm like, "Oh well, no, I'm a terrible singer, but I mean, I do comedy and stuff." And uh, he was like, what was the most fun show you've ever done? And I said, it was E-A-E-O-W-S. And he's like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, amateur. <laughs> so, Eric, and, 
Eric at Esther's One Woman Show. He was like, what's that? And I was like, me and my best friend, Eric, pretended to be booked on the same night at the same time. And we like fought with each other over the stage time. And he was like, oh, that's funny. And I was like, it's so good. It is so good. And it's also very full circle thinking about how that show came about. Because we were literally in Joshua Tree filming the short film. And at the like poorest, lowest point of our lives. Yeah. And we were not joking. the lowest point. I would say like creatively in a, a phenomenal space, but financially in like a shipwreck. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like a time when we knew and then my uncle died and he like gave us money to do this, sh- the, the short film. So it was like there was so much craziness. And like in the last email he sent me, he was like, I wanted you to do something other than stand up. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah, literally. He gave us money for this movie and died days later. And it was like, it all felt very universal. And also, I was so afraid to ask him. Well, and Ziv is like such an angel because what's really like a little tease to the audience is that that short film was filmed a bit a bit ago. Uh, a bit, it's officially going to be... It's timeless. It's timeless. And it's going to be premiering on a streaming platform actually in uh, soon, like in the next, in like a, a, in May. So look out for that. Um, it's an, a really, I mean, I, I think it's a very great movie. No, I thought it was really well done. And I felt like we were both very thin. <laughs> it's like starving. <laughs> like really, really, really hungry. Because we were eating seaweed salad every day. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, um, so we were pregnant during the show and I felt like the show, the Eric and Esther's one woman show shifted. Yeah, that's true. And also the show, yeah, the show really like we changed the show. Cause we, first the show was like before we got married, then the show was after we got married, then the show was after you got pregnant. And so we added, and now we joke. need another one after I have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And oh we yeah. Just and keep as- adding on to it until we're in our seventies, <laughs> which brings us to why we're really here is for me to promote my special. You well, guys check actually... it out on Amazon and Apple TV. <laughs> I worked my, my clit off for it. I have worked so goddamn hard. This clit is sandpapered off. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will happily click the explicit content button for this episode. Cause we're talking about Esther's, my friend Nicole Amy has a joke that she's like took her Hitachi wand and masturbated on her clit so much that it's just sandpapered off and it looks like a uh, Barbie. And I was like, <laughs> just I a, relate to a that smooth front. I mean, for <laughs> it, I, I truly wasn't all watching you work on the special, like as you were. First of all, let's let it be known that this special was supposed to be filmed like in April of last year. And then the pandemic came and it was like, we don't know if you're ever even going to be able to do this again. Like it was such a big deal. That I want, gonna... Yeah, I want people to know that pandemic really, it really hit me like really hard. Like for some <laughs> people it was hard, but like for me, like my, my, my special got pushed. <laughs> oh yeah, I had a baby, but like the push was my sketch, my, my, they had to push it. We pushed. Oh, you pushed the baby, right? No, my special, my hour comedy special. <laughs> We had um, to induce it. Well, that's we the thing. It's like special in July. So can you talk about like that? What was the journey of like you, you had this special you're supposed to do in April. And then of course, pandemic comes, they cancel it. When did you find out that they were going to be rescheduling it and what you had to do to get ready for it? Oh my, yo, yo, yo. It worked out nicely because I was so fucking stressed out about being pregnant and being in a global pandemic that I was like, oh yeah. And then I have my special. 
I was like overwhelmed, but I think that one of my strengths not to have, not to like be on here with confidence. Cause I apologize for that. <laughs> um, but like one of the things I like about myself, maybe some people don't, I don't know, is that I do handle stress pretty well. I, I don't know why I, or how, but when things are super stressful, I take a moment to be stressed out. And then I also take a moment to be like, whatever, I'm not dying. That well, was I my Courtney. People are dying, Kim. People are dying, Kim. I, I do think that one of your amazing strengths and why we've worked so well together over these past 30 years is that you are able to like be nothing but present. You're just like, okay, we can be very stressed, but this is the job and I'm going to make it funny. We might not have food on the table, but honey, we've got a script to write. And a mushroom to eat. You have to have a vision and be a little bit of delusion to be like so poor, living in a hole in the wall, like, like actual like meth house like really gross conditions and being like, we are going to execute a short film. We are going to also write a two person, one moment show, which will then be at festivals. And like, what, what kind of delusional idiots do you have to be to like, believe in yourself? You even need to have be be delusional to say, I'm going to have something called that's a gay ass podcast and a single person will listen to it. But as long as you, I told my mom the name of your podcast and she like cackled and was like, that's good. I'm like, you laughed a little too hard. That actually felt rude. I'm going to say it. That was rude. There's a I was fine like, yeah, line. Eric's podcast. She goes, oh, he has a podcast? I was like, yeah. She goes, what is it? Like, what kind of... I was like, gay-ass podcast. Like, to me, it's like, oh, yeah, it's Wall Street Journal. Gay-ass podcast. She's like, ah! that's funny. I mean, I, I know her heart's in the right place. Um, but that's but she's the- always like when your partner's with so and so. I didn't think they were funny, SD, but your partner's with Eric, he's so funny. She's your biggest fan, and she thinks that like I should only she tells me how to do my job. She thinks she's Chris Jenner. <laughs> she thinks she's my manager, and I have to be like, I do also have a manager at Brillstein, but like, okay, be my manager. But Bernie is Bernie Brillstein is my manager. So I, <laughs> but see, that's like sometimes the dream. I growing up wanted my parents to be stage parents, which of course I'm happy they're not now. But when Spring Awakening was doing open calls in Chicago, I was like, Mom, Dad, I'm going to be on Broadway. I'm 15. I have no talent, but I know this is going to happen for me. And my parents were like, Eric, you can't go to Chicago to audition because you'll have to drop out of school to be on Broadway. I was like, Are you kidding me? Like Broadway's the goal. And I was so pissed <laughs> they weren't they weren't going to let me leave my sophomore year of high school to audition for the Broadway production of Spring Awakening. Of course, like. I would not have booked it because I, again, was not... But if you did... You know, what if I... I mean, oh, I don't want to throw too much shade, but like a lot of the cast from Spring Awakening and the the replacement cast have not not done as well as you would hope. That being said, if I had uh, John Gallagher's career, Leigh Michelle, I don't want that career, no matter how successful she became. What about the guy that spits? Jonathan Groff. I absolutely... Not only do I want his career, I would like to be in around... Oh my God. He is a dream. I mean, Hamilton, me and Noah were like, didn't know what was happening. We started watching Hamilton and there was just like slobber coming out and i was like ew and then i was like wait and then i was like yeah and then i was like ew and then i was like really and then i was like ew and then i was like "Mm, okay you're doing doing, it's the kombucha girl meme that's like ew (laughs) i mean that i think the front row of that of that entire audience i think they the entire show is having that like no 
<laughs> no. Well, <laughs> as they're being as they're being drenched with Jonathan Groff's saliva. Do you have to be to create? Like a Shamu splash stone in a Broadway performance. <laughs> did you hear? I don't want to say this like this is too uh, maybe controversial, but did you hear Lynn Manuel Miranda is about to have a downfall? Finally. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love Moana, but oh, I I don't I think that Lynn is one of the uh, most incredible writers that has ever existed and one of the worst singers. And I can say that as a terrible singer. Because I was sitting in my studio and writing all the rap songs I've got on uh, Hamilton. And I think also it's kind of weird that he's like, kind of like, I don't know, with his ponytail and his face and his singing. And then he's like, all the girls want to fuck him. And he's a star. Well, there was a there was a narrative before Hamilton came out that was like, you know, we didn't even know that Lin Manuel Miranda was even going to be considered for the role, but then all of a sudden, it's like, sweetie, you know, he spent all the crazy hours creating that show, thinking that he was going to play Hamilton. I don't believe for a second that they're like, yeah, we auditioned five hundred actors, and then miraculously, the writer got it. <laughs> It's like, huh? I wonder, huh? I wonder what were the he does teach he- you one lesson, which is. You got to write yourself in. You got to write yourself in. Listen, sweetie, no one's going to hand you anything. You got to write yourself in. There are no handouts in this Unless you can spit across the room. (laughs) You got to write yourself in. I guess that's the ticket. I need to take some pills to get more saliva so I can drench the front row. Pills? Just think about a lemon coming in. All over your mouth. I didn't try to like go lemon squirting. I'm not trying to get sexual. Have like you if been... you could fit a lemon in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't like if you think of sour heads, warheads, you remember those? Yeah. Oh my God. They I, I'm not a sour is... girl. I'm I'm more of like like that experience Sweet. of like mm, we all know gonna... you like chocolate, you like sweets, you like cake, you like cookies, you like brownies. Ice and cream. you married a Martha the Martha Stewart of your husband is is like on the verge of being the next Martha Stewart. He really could be. I mean, he's like such that's a, who he is to me. He's such a good cook. He has amazing taste with design. Like, yeah. And the thing is, he bakes. Is like, he bakes. I think he takes for granted sometimes how good his taste is because I'm like, wait, do you like this or like this? He's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm not kidding you. I'm asking which do you like. He's like, yeah, that's disgusting. I was like, well, I don't have taste. Okay, I don't think I have taste. What you have is a husband with taste. So you have taste. (laughs) He sleeps next to you. (laughs) (laughs) What's the point of being a funny Jewish comedian if you can't marry Martha Stewart? That's true. That is true. And I, you know what? I, I, our kids will be appropriately neurotic and also be able to pick out a gorgeous St. James shirt. I mean, your kids are going to be so boring. They're going to be like, I'm just joking. No I wanna, <laughs> You're like, they'll, I feel like they'll just be like wholesome, sweet, all five of them. And <laughs> they'll like live on a farm that's I mean, like very restored, restoration, hard. I don't know, whatever, whatever is cool. It'll be gorgeously no designed. Although I don't, I don't like, we will not be having five kids. I went with him. Up. I asked Matt what I should do for the cover of my special. And I actually went with whatever he said. Oh, good. I mean, it's a great, it's and a ignored great cover. what you said. <laughs> I mean, that's You're the like, way. I like the blue. And I'm like, what about you, Matt? Like, what do both of you think of this, Matt? 
<laughs> what do you both think? Matt, of Matt, what do you guys both think of um, my special? Like, do you think it should be blue or red, Matt? <laughs> what do you both? What think, do Matt? you both think, Matt? <laughs> and I'm like being the most vocal. I'm giving a ten act play, a monologue about the blue, and then Matt says, "I like red." And then, of course, I look at the <laughs> the deadline article, and it's the red one. I'm like, so "She took, she took his, she took his advice." But that, I mean, that this special is Burning Bush. It is so, I'm pr- privileged to see the the incarnations of it that got to the actual recorded version of it. And I just, the, I, I think beyond the circumstances of A, pandemic, B, having a baby, C, flying to LA mere seconds after giving birth, even that aside, it's just a fucking good special because it, again, does the things that you do so well. It's like, it takes the stigma away. It talks about things in a fresh way. It's also fucking cars, huh? and beeping and shot in such a way that shows you the magnitude of the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. It's like, it's a time capsule of the moment. It is smart comedy. It is fresh. Does it make and- you want to see Magic Mike? Of course. I mean, what, do- what doesn't? Because I talk about my nude photo shoot and I also talk about Magic Mike and I talk about my wedding and I talk about my pregnancy and I talk about my flight to LA. I've had an interview with someone and they were like, so the nude photo and i'm like is that <laughs> I mean, your takeaway well it's not it's not an uninteresting like, story oh it's funny because you're like a slutty comedian and i was like what yeah they were like interviewing me about it and kind of used the word slutty and i was like um uh no to that word that makes me a little wild up because that no is to that a, word no to that word no to that word because also a no to that word. B, <laughs> no to that word for you. And C, no to that fucking word. It's like, who? No, no. one is slutty. It no. Is... <laughs> I was like, first of all, let's say we were, for, let's say 10 years ago, and like all of a sudden it was okay for you to call me a slut. I'm allowed to call myself a slut, but you're not allowed. And I know he was. There's the one person when who straight can... guys mean well, like he was actually like, for sure was trying to be nice, like trying to be trying to just say like you were pregnant, you were doing this, but like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like slutty Tampa. And I just like, didn't call him out. Cause I was like, it's hard. It's hard. I'm not here. I just like, can't waste my time being like, sir, please don't call me a slut. It also took me like a couple hours to digest that. He like, Toss that word around, and I was like, um, no, right? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, okay, I have posted thirst traps in my past, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> okay, fine. Like, there's a picture of you're only picture. gonna be 29 once, <laughs> truly. Now that I'm 31, my tits are on the floor, but like. <laughs> But like, if someone were to say, Eric, you posted those slutty pics, I'd be like, A of all, no, not no to that word. Like slutty pics. You're like, that's an adjective describing photos, which is even better than an adjective describing you. Right. And also it's like, it's, it's, it's only slutty if you think it's slutty. If if I think it's slutty, I can say I'm slutty, but it's not. And also (laughs) who's, it's not for you to decide that. I can post my, don't slut shame me. I can post my left ball on a platform that allows that. And people don't know how to take a funny woman who's talking about her vagina, who's talking about doing a nude photo shoot. He was so, he even admitted like confusion. He was just Mm. like, 
what's the difference between like objectification of women and you doing a nude photo shoot and why that's empowering. And I was like, oh my God, welcome to women's studies. Please take a seat, turn a chapter, fuck, fucking read a book. The worst is like, and I had to, and I explained it very briefly and was just like, when you're taking ownership of yourself and your sexuality and you want to celebrate your body, you can take pictures, you can empower yourselves. I had a female photographer and a female this, female this, Well, can you also let, let, the audience know, let the audience know what this actual photo... I took no, nude pics for Penthouse that were like tasteful nudes, if if you believe in taste. What, is, oh, what did I Matt believe- say? We love, I mean, they are so, so fucking good. And honestly, like, I would never even begin to ascribe slutty to it because they're just like so hot. They are so beautiful. They are so confident. They are, and they're clearly shot from your friend Lindsay, who did such yes. an incredible. Lindsay Burns, who's like the my best friend who does photos for everyone. She's so artsy and creative, so queer, so cool, so badass yes. she's a bad 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 bitch and, and she, she it was comes like, through in her photography because these pictures are like they are so i mean honestly feel good because the last guy that like that just doing an interview with a straight man being oh. like so wait what and i had to bring it back because i had to bring it back and be like it was a celebration of the female form i was I was asked to, I was also using it as a promotion for my album, but also it was something that I had always wanted to do is like kind of something sexy. And even though I'm funny, I wanted to also be sexy and uh, And you also, I think you, you were very confident in the things you wanted for the shoot. You were clear about the things you would do versus what you wouldn't do. And it translated to just like really great pictures that was, I think it expressed, it expressed your energy in a really beautiful way. And it's also hot as fuck. They are It was my comfort zone to like my buddy, my butt was showing, but like not my asshole, not my vagina, not my nipples. Um, in my special, I say that I'm saving those for my kid, <laughs> but like everything that I felt really comfortable showing, I show there was like a bit of a see-through nippy moment, but not like full. I think I would be really embarrassed to just be like full frontal nude. I but think then, that that would be really challenging for me, especially right. with my C-section scar. <laughs> I mean, but Hey, honestly though, like never say never because can and you now imagine? I don't like my body as much like my belly is not going back to like rock hard abs i have like a flabby belly i have saggy fucking boobs were like gigantic and now they're like empty bags and i have like giant circles under my eyes that now i'm like piling like tart shape tape and powder like i'm i'm going full kylie with my powder my (laughs) piota piota but honestly though it's like it's such a I think relatable thing that after pregnancy, your body goes through so much. And it's like, I'm hoping that you give, I brought up Mateo. I was like, people do nude stuff that are funny. Absolutely. And Mateo, I, I'm hoping, I'm Mateo Lane's yourself, body is all over the internet and we, we're happy about it. Look, if I look like a Mateo Lane, I would show my ass <laughs> whoever, whoever wanted to see it. But like, I'm hoping you giving yourself some grace and some like, like appreciation of what your body has done because it is like, no matter what, it's gorgeous you're gorgeous but it's like there's the- someone on reddit who's like how can i get those photos how do you get esther steinberg's nude photos who is she and i'm like i know i did it for penthouse and i know all that first of all it's like very hard to find but also i did i think i did it for like gay men and women 
And like, it's like, if you're straight, like, don't talk about like, look, but don't touch, you know, it's kind of like being at a dance club. I'm like, I'm dancing with my friends. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Stare at me from across the room, but like, don't walk up to me and talk to me. Please don't talk to me about it. (laughs) Enjoy it. Just don't talk about it unless you're gay. 100%. Would you do anything nude, sexual? You've done a lot of like, I'm just joking. This is like such an annoying question for you. No, it's not. I don't actually, I don't think it's annoying. I think, I think what happened during the, this past year is that when I was really unemployed and like down and out and just like, and really fucked like financially, I was really stressed. And the, the only thing I could do to anchor myself down every day was work out and working out is my least favorite thing to do. If I ever have a single thing on the calendar, then I'm not going to work out. It's like, Oh, then I can't work out. It's like, yeah, but Eric, that's a 20 minute meeting. Yeah, but I can't work out now. Cause I I'm busy, but like I didn't have anything to do. So I worked out five days a week and then got into better shape than I'd ever been in. And then to get like some sort of validation, I posted more thirst traps on the internet. And I actually like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I I think like I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what, I love sexy photos. I do too. And my I, I friend think... Lane is a bikini model. Her mm. pictures are risque. She's the classiest bitch I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And I, I don't there's... know what to even, how to even dissect there's a way, it. There's a way to go about it. I think that, and obviously Lane does in such a brilliant way. I think that I want to make sure if I do post a thirst trap, it's not coming out of like deep sadness of trying to get valid. I'm, I'm trying to learn where to get validation in my life in, in other ways while still being able to, if I want to post a thirst trap, enjoy that moment. Like I was talking a lot in therapy about where do I, you know, get my worth from? Is it, be, is it from, you know, X, Y, and Z? Is it the amount of money I'm making? Ticket in the sales. Is it ticket sales? Is it downloads? Like, what is it? But it's like when I was unemployed, really struggling, I was like, you know what? I actually did these dishes. I helped Matt with this thing. I boo, 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 boo around the house. I helped my friend with this. And I was starting to realize like I have value in ways that are not just based upon how much money I'm making, how successful I am as a creator or just as a person in general career wise. And so like that, I think trying to base what my worth is on. Well, then if I do post a thirst trap, it's coming from a place of like, you know what? I'm either proud of this picture. I feel hot. I want to share this with the world and not from just like, I feel like a piece of shit please throw me a few likes for this and i think that that distinction is actually like a helpful journey on the thirst trappery does that make sense well yes i also love you so very much and your husband loves you and your circle of like supporters is in love with you and your fans love you and most of all the universe loves you because you're a good person oh my god and i'll say that because when we were in theater school we met when we were 18 but i remember like you were a group leader maybe for like group b at atlantic like and you're always like wanting to include someone that other people were kind of like that person's kind of weird let's not talk to her and you were like no i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna talk to her and everyone's like oh yeah that guy's stuff was like bad he's a bad actor and you're like no we're gonna include him at lunch and you're always so inclusive and so sweet. And then you were voted to be like president of our whole like club. But like you really stand up for an underdog. Like you definitely treat people the way you want to be treated. You've put in so much work. You're so, so insanely talented that I, if you were a stock, I would invest in you. <laughs> like it was fucking Tesla. You're the Elon Musk of gay comedy. <laughs> Um, it's really lucky that you haven't been 
like exploded into fame yet because I think that you had like lessons to learn right before you become like the most famous person ever. And I think that you're learning those lessons. <laughs> well, A of all, that was very amazing. Before you become Jesse Tyler Ferguson meets Billy Eichner. Oh, f- please. From your mouth to RuPaul's ears. I mean, <laughs> I... <laughs> It was, I mean, thank you for saying those nice words. I have to say, like, it, it felt like the universe brought us together. And, like, the, I, I want to let you know the first moment that I knew we were going to be lifelong friends and partners was when we went to probably day three of college, uh, you know, uh, two days after we met each other. And I told you my, like, sort of rape story. <laughs> what if that's what I was saying? You told me this really harrowing tale. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What if about. you were like, you were such a slut? <laughs> Remember in remember, college, you were, you were such, such a, a fucking slut. slut. <laughs> Day three, you were like blowing everyone. And I remember thinking to myself, look at this fucking slut. No, that is not what I was thinking. Actually, Team I mean, leader out. <laughs> The, the what I'm thinking of is day three when we went to the dance party for new students and Esther and I were dancing on the dance floor and Esther did a move where she put herself like slapped down, went to the floor and then put her head up and pretended like she was wiping liquid off of her mouth and then rung, rung, rung her hair out as if she was squeezing the cum out of her hair. And I swear to God, that was however many years ago and I will never forget it. And I was like, this is my people. <laughs> she has come on her lips she rings out of her hair she is not a slut do not you don't you she get- was not a slut but you did a full pan a full cum pantomime and i thought i was like i knew exactly what you were doing <laughs> a cum pantomime you know she went to school in italy for um uh, commedia dell'arte specifying in cum pantomime i'm doing mask work it's called a pearl necklace <laughs> it's called a facial so while we're on the topic of like love and relationships, random question, I've always wondered this. How did you meet Matt? <laughs> first, first of all, I want to apologize to everyone who has had to hear this story 10 times, but you're going to hear it for an 11th time. So we were at an audition. I'm kidding. I'm not going to say <laughs> What if the story kept changing? We were not online because everyone wants yeah. to tell you that you met online. And yeah, then wait, you're every, like, excuse me. We met at an audition. Every way episode more I change the story. I'm going to start changing the story every time I tell it just because to keep it. So actually, he was working as a concierge at a hotel. So we were I'm an Abu Dhabi on business. at Hamilton. <laughs> Literally, I'm visiting my best friend backstage at Hamilton. And that's the stage manager. You know the Mirage Hotel. Okay. Right there in the lobby. It's Jennifer Aniston. And Matt Lummis. I'm like, who is that gorgeous blue-eyed dreamboat? I walk up to him. He's Jennifer Aniston's manager. (laughs) (laughs) He helped her get her fourth nose job. I mean, she looks stunning. That's all Matthew Lummis. So the next thing I know... How did you meet him? We were actually... I was on a road trip to um, Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! That sounds so believable. I have a question. What's more sad and desperate, online dating or an audition? <laughs> <laughs> Both, bitch. Both. 
Well, listen, there's so we, many things to be grateful for with having each other, having your special, having our podcast. Our baby. Our baby, Moses. Um, my future if something happens children. to me, you'll take good care of Moses. Oh, are you kidding? He will have so much content. I mean, happiness. I mean. Content. I'm always like so impressed with the work that you do and the quality in which you do it. And this podcast, you know, is so good and so delicious. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. That's a gas podcast. I, 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 can I ask you one question before we say goodbye? Please. Why do you think gay men love you? Well, I'm trying to embody this more and more. Like I say what I want and you can, a lot of people will not like me. Because I kind of speak my mind or I talk about my sexuality or I go on stage, which is like 50 years ago would be practically illegal to say the kinds of things that I do because women aren't really given that. For some reason, gay men are like all about like a woman who or anyone who's going to go against the grid because it's who they are authentically. Yes. It's authentically embracing themselves and not worrying about the ramifications of what is allowed or not allowed. Because for so many years, queer people are told what is wrong about them and how they need to be. But then to see someone embracing what makes them different or quote unquote weird or quote unquote slutty or whatever society wants. Sexuality, owning their sexuality. Exactly. Owning it. Just as female sexuality has been repressed suppressed, shamed, Mm -hmm. like they would just be like, you're a crazy bitch, go to sleep, make bait. Like, you know, it's gotta be the highlighter. Will you tell me what you think it is? I think it's just that. I think it's what we're saying is that you are so confident in your in your feelings and and values, and sometimes those feelings are things that society would say, say like, "Don't talk about that. Don't talk about that." But you are so amazing, and not only being talking about it in an open and vulnerable way, you make other people feel able to share out in an open, vulnerable way because you have zero judgment. And so, for me, for I think the queer community, it's like this is a person that's not only open to people who are different you embrace it you celebrate it and also you're really fucking gorgeous <laughs> you know i think like i think that i think i need a nose job but other than that thank you i agree with everything you said except for i need a nose job and the gay community will support me in whatever tweaks i need to make we support you in any way and truly i'm just grateful for you and grateful you came on this podcast i came all over the podcast <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> High brow as ever. Thanks for listening, everyone, to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Make sure you follow Esther on social media. I'll link that in the description. Follow me at Eric Wills and follow our show Instagram. It's at Gay Ass Podcast. And you got to tell your friends about us. We have uh, one of my most exciting guests thus far is going to be next week on the podcast. So you got to subscribe and I'll make sure to post a little teaser on the Instagram uh, soon. I love you all. I hope you're having a great great week and I will see you soon.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.